Hello, everyone. Welcome to Up Level Your Career with Judson and Jerome. We're really pleased to have you with us today. And uh, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that we record from our homes. I'm in uh, Palm Springs, California, Judson's in Vail, Colorado. So you're likely to hear some background sounds here and there. And we just ask you to forgive those because we're very low tech. Uh, grassroots podcast, but we're hoping the information we share with you, excuse me, is of value. Today, we're launching season two of the podcast. And so we thank you if you've been a faithful listener, just remind you to share the podcast with other listeners and comment, uh, review us on the different formats that you're listening to us. And we've just been picked up by Amazon, which is awesome. Today's topic is showing up as your best self. And uh, with that, I will turn the program over to Judson so that he can introduce himself. Very good. Thank you so much, Jerome. Welcome, everybody, to season number two. Season number one was a great success for us. We got a lot of wonderful feedback. And that leads us into this topic here today of showing up as your best self. And we realize that this is not necessarily a career-only topic. This is really a life topic, but we find, we feel that there's value in this. So we really encourage you to take notes here as we launch into season number two. Jerome, I'm going to turn it back to you. You can kick sure. it off here and we yeah. will go through all this. Yeah. Awesome. So it's, it's been interesting, uh, Judson, you probably had similar experiences. You know, when I'm working with coaching clients in my career coaching practice, I find that oftentimes when we're talking about career, um, we end up talking about life topics too. So this showing up as your best self, as you just alluded to really is something that, you know, can be taken both professionally and personally. Um, so we're going to share some information and hopefully you'll uh, find benefit in applying it both to your personal life and to your professional life. So to begin with, you know, it's important to sort of define what we mean by your best self um, and what it means to show up as your best self. And, and I know that for my, myself, um, I know when I'm showing up as my best self and I know when I'm not. And, um, but what does it mean to be your best self? And, and the, the first, uh, you know, sort of bullet point here is that I am my best self when I'm feeling productive, when I'm feeling collaborative, and when I'm feeling happy. Um, and that, you know, in the workplace, I know when I worked for, uh, you know, a corporate organization, um, and even working for myself, you know, I, I know I'm my best self when I, when I sort of uh, get up and take the day on, um, you know, the week on and, and, f- and feeling like I'm, I'm focused and I'm productive and that I'm feeling happy about the work. I'm taking pride in the work I do. And I feel, uh, and I'm feeling like I'm valued by my team members and that I also value my team members. It's more than just walking in the door, sitting at your desk and doing what it takes to get the job done. It's really about being committed to doing the best work possible, um, contributing you know, 100% of, of who I am during that time that, I, um, that, I'm, that I'm working, you know. Um, and as a self-employed person, that can be a little bit more difficult you know, because there's so many things that can uh, compete for my attention, especially since I work from home, you know. So I have to um, set standards for myself, you know, things like uh, committing to staying off social media during the time that I'm um, working, um, avoiding personal phone calls, um, you, you know, just dedicating the time, the eight hours that I've, that I've set aside for work to that, to that focus, to that task. Um, what, what do you think, Judson? What would you say? Well, I think that starting with a definition is definitely the place to start. Um, I think that deep down we know when we are being our best self, For example, we know if there's more we could be doing or should be doing. Um, I think that that's that's a clear indicator. Now, what I would caution our listeners about is our feelings. Because feelings are fickle. And sometimes, you know, and we're going to kind of get into some of this, but sometimes it's going to be, why do I not feel as productive as I 
think I should be. Is that something that's imposed from outside or from within? And is it realistic? So we have to be careful of that here. But I think deep down your gut will tell you, yeah, there's more I could be doing or should be doing. And, you know, as far as, uh, you know, being collaborative, you know when you're being collaborative and when you're not. And so I, th I think that we have to rely on our gut to let us know when we are being our best self. Right. Because this is a lifelong pursuit. Right. And I don't know that we'll ever arrive. I mean, we're talking about being our best self. <clears throat> um, and, and I'm kind of strained a little bit. But, you know, how do we measure that? Right. 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 And, and, and how do you know, you know, like I said, it's going to be lifelong. So you'll never say, there, I'm done. You know, I am my best self and I'm going to remain this way for the rest of my life because right. self-development is ongoing. So just and some caveats to be thinking about. Yeah, and it's about showing up as your best self in different situations, you know. Um, for instance, if there's a project that you're not super excited about, you know, you've been assigned a task that you don't, you don't love to do, do you just do enough to get by or do you commit to it 100%? you know, taking pride in, in anything that has your name on it. Um, you know, and I think that that can be difficult sometimes. Um, you know, sometimes I think, especially if we've been in a job or a situation for a long time, we know where we can coast, where we can coast. We know where we do coast. And do we? You know, um, I know situations, you know, in my own life, uh, in... Um, when I was in college, you know, um, there were uh, times when I'd wait till the last minute to do a project and I knew that I could turn out something that would be acceptable and I'd probably still get an A. But was it my best work? Was I really learning anything by, you know, by cranking, cranking it out? Or, <laughs> you know, I just say this, I was an English major. How many times did I not read the assignment but instead pick up the Cliffs notes and get enough information to be able to write the paper, you know, because I was too busy or whatever. Right. So, um, and in those situations, we sort of cheat ourselves. Um, and I think that comes down to uh, point B, which is having good self-esteem <clears throat> and really liking who you are. And I think, you know, when you develop a, a sense of being comfortable in your own skin and really liking who you are and understanding your talents and also understanding your limitations and, and, um, and, and approaching life from that place. And I, what comes to my mind is I have uh, a really dear friend who I've known since high school and she works in sales. And I have to say that, um, and I'll say her name because this is a compliment. Her name is Cammie. She's one of my dearest friends. She shows up with integrity in ways that just totally humble me because she has this Midwestern, you know, this, uh, she grew up in South Dakota as I did. She has this solid work ethic and anything that has her name attached to it, she just is it's so solid about. And it's just really a, um, a great witness to me to use a, a term um, that's <laughs> associated sometimes with religion, but it's a great witness to me of really showing up as your best self. And without fail, she does it every time, you know, and um, you have an example. And, um, I don't know that I have a, a, a prime example. I mean, she's, you know, she works in sales and so she'll talk with me about um, her relationships with, with customers and how, you know, she'll go the extra mile to, to make something happen. If she says she's going to do something, she says, you know, she absolutely does it. Um, and if she can't, for whatever reason, she's in communication right away that it's not going to happen. Um, I don't think I've ever heard her make an excuse about anything. Um, even, even in the way she manages our friendship, you know, there's just this level of integrity um, that it's just really beautiful. And, um, and it challenges me to be the same. Um, and, and it comes from a place uh, in her situation of really having powerful self-esteem. You know, she has 
uh, just a very good sense of self and standards for the way she, she, you know, shows up in the world. Um, and, you know, and I think one of the, the bullet points I said is, you know, loving yourself because you have intrinsic value. And I think she un- understands that and understands that everything she does is a reflection on who she is. And, and um, one of the things uh, when she was doing, um, we were working together to write a cover letter for her. And she talked about growing up in South Dakota and, and talking about doing, you know, her father who had a ranch and did business on a handshake, you know, and there's something about that, that your, that your word, um, your word is, is important. And if you, sh- you know, you, you do business on a handshake, you're as, as good as your word. And she lives from that space. So, um, the, the the third point here is to be committed to a mission and a purpose. Um, so showing up as your best self is being committed to, and I think going back to this friend, you know, I, she's somebody who you, th- you well, if you've read um, the book, The Seven Habits, of, Habit, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, they talk about writing your personal mission statement. And, um, and she's somebody who I think has that sort of, if it's not written down, she understands what it is, um, having a purpose. And showing up as your best self at work is also being able to buy into and knowing that you're contributing to the mission of the company or the organization you work for um, and being committed to that. And also, I think there's a level, one of the exercises in um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is defining what your values are. And really making a list of what are the things that I value? Is it family? Is it social justice? Is it, um, you know, creativity? Is it service? You know, making a list of the things that you really value and knowing what those are. It's a really great exercise to do. Um, and I've done it a couple of times. And it's really powerful to sit down and just say, okay, what are the things that I'm going to, you know, in, you know, I'm 51. In the years I have left, what what do I want to leave as my legacy? Um, and and not necessarily a legacy on a big p- platform, but when people remember who I was, what will they say about me? Will they say I was committed to my family? Will they say that I was a servant to, uh, to my community or to the people I knew? Um, and so I think understanding that too can be a great exercise. Judson, what are your thoughts? Well, I, you know, in terms of, the mission, uh, well, the purpose, I should say. I think it's such a core element. And, and, and everything else seems to feed off of that. Because if your mission and your values and your steps that you're taking are all aligned, you're going to be feeling really good about yourself. And, and this is, you know, what you talked about is liking yourself. And I think w- what happens sometimes People have inner conflict when, when what they say and what they feel inside and what they do are misaligned. And that seems like an obvious statement, but I think it's worth the question, you know, am I walking the walk? Because this comes back into integrity as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, many of these are related, there's no doubt. But I think that once you feel in this life that you are here for a purpose and you have a mission, um, you know, that just drives you. And it's kind of easy to, to take a look at that and say, you know, am I following that alignment? Because you know by what you're right. doing or not doing if they don't. Right. And I think that when that happens, you get this inner conflict and that just you know, it kind of dirties the waters for everything, almost everything that we're talking about here. Right. So I, I think that, first of all, asking the question is the first step. You know, what is my mission? What is my purpose here? And there's a lot of books out there, but I think that much of this would give, is going to come from within you to say, you know, what are my skills and my gifts and my talents? And am I using them, um, you know, for good? And, and I think once we start asking those questions, answers will come. You know, the old phrase, the unexamined life is not worth living. 
I think is uh, true. And there's a lot to be said for that. So as we go through this, I mean, this introspection is going to come into play for, for all of us. I know it did just even in preparing for this talk today. You know, I really started going deep on some of these things. And I'm like, how are we going to rein this in and just limit it to an hour? <laughs> right, you right. Know, because, I mean, there's, these topics are wonderful. Right. And I think, you know, I, I find myself to be a, a rather contemplative person. And, you know, I do ask these questions and I'm thankful when I'm reminded of, you know, better, deeper questions. So I'm, you know, yeah. this, this talk today is, is doing that for me. Right. But I think finding your purpose, what drives you and what motivates you is huge. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you were talking about when your, your uh, actions, your words, your emotions are out of sync with what your purpose is that internal conflict and we could call that internal conflict your conscience right your conscience will always let you know when you're out of alignment and one last thing i'll say before we move on to the second topic is you know we talked about remit uh, integrity and um several years ago i participated in the landmark forum um in san francisco and it's a pretty intense personal development uh, experience, four days. And we talk a they talk a lot about being in integrity. And what that means is, you know, again, and we said this before, doing what you say you're going to do and then communicating if something doesn't come up, you know, you're not able to, uh, to honor a commitment. But one of the books I read, um, I've read a couple of times, um, is by Don, Don Miguel Ruiz, and it's called The Four Agreements. And I'll just go quickly through what these four agreements are, uh, because I know that if I'm feeling inner conflict, I'm out of step with one of these four agreements. And uh, the first agreement is be impeccable with your word. So when you say you're going to do something, you do it. Um, and you're also impeccable with your word in terms of how you talk about other people and how you talk to yourself about yourself. The second and third agreements, I sometimes get them out of order, uh, but one of them is uh, don't make assumptions, and the second is don't uh, take anything personally. So oftentimes when I'm in conflict with a, a situation, it's because I'm making an assumption about what I think somebody else is thinking, or maybe I'm taking something personally. Something happened, um, and I'm a, a, making an assumption that has something to do with me or someone's bad behavior, I'm assuming, has something to do with me. And it never does. The way others behave never has anything to do with us. Ever. Even if we are the, the target of bad behavior, it's not about us. It's always about them. So you don't make assumptions. You don't take anything personally. And then the last one is always do your best. Right. And so when I'm in personal conflict about something, I'll go through the agreements. Have I been impeccable with my word? If not, then I have some cleanup to do. Am I making an assumption? Am I taking something personally? Am I doing my best in this situation? Those four agreements can just be a real quick sort of check-in. So um, it sounds like what you're saying here, as far as the four agreements, these are agreements with self. Exactly. And on some level with other people too, right? Um, but yeah, they're the, you know, like four agreements that you've made with yourself. And I think keeping agreements is also part of being in integrity, you know, thinking about we have an agreement with our employer, right? Maybe we've signed a contract. Maybe we haven't, but we do have an agreement. I'm going to give you these eight hours of my time. During these eight hours, my focus is on building this business and contributing to how this organization works. If I'm taking time to, you know, I'm on, on Facebook during that time or I'm, I'm doing personal phone calls or personal emails during that time, I'm out of step with an agreement because I didn't agree with you that I would be doing that in the workplace. That seems like a small thing, but these small things tend to become bigger things. You know, we get away with that. I agreed with you that I would take an hour for lunch if I'm a half hour late coming back, I've broken an agreement, right? And so, and all of those things start to eat at you showing up as the best self. It's like if you're dieting, right? 
and you say, okay, I'm on this diet, but today I'll have a cookie. Okay, that might be okay once in a while, but I had a cookie today, I'll have one tomorrow. You know, pretty soon, three days later, I'm having two cookies every day, right? It's, it snowballs. And so that's, um, you have to be careful with those things. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that promises to ourselves are critical to feeling good about ourselves. Right. If we keep a promise, um, you know, this is, this is self-discipline, yep. self-control. And, and when we don't display that, I think maybe even on a subconscious level, we feel bad about ourselves. Like, yeah, I didn't do that. I said I was going to, or, you know, and it's easy to go down that road and just feel bad about ourselves. So I think it's worth looking into again, the, uh, it's a book you mentioned, right? <laughs> right John Miguel right. Ruiz. Yep. The, the four, four agreements. agreements. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. And right. it's, it's worth reading. Um, okay. So let's talk about how we know when we're not showing up as our best self a hundred percent. And, you know, so we've, some of this has spilled into our, our first sort of topic, but we'll go through it a little bit more in depth. I think when we're not showing up as our best self, we have this sort of general sense of depression, right? And I'm not talking about clinical depression because some people suffer from that, but I'm talking about just the sort of general feeling of mm, blah, right? Um, I'm feeling lethargic. I'm uninterested in things. I might be sleeping more than I want to sleep. You know, I'm avoiding interaction with others. You know, when we don't feel good about ourselves, you know, we might, um, you know, things fall apart. You know, we might, uh, um, personal hygiene isn't as good as it could be. You know, these are classic signs of depression. But I think some of the triggers for depression um, are... uh, are just not feeling good about ourselves, not showing up as our best selves. And, and, um, you know, the pharmaceutical industry would say, you know, you've, you're clinically depressed, take a pill, you'll feel better. And that would be great. But I think in some of these cases, it's really more about that self-exploration, that self reflection, as you're talking about examining your life and saying, okay, I'm not feeling good. What are the things in my life I need to change? Um, you know, and, we spend so much of our time at work. Um, you know, a, a vast majority of our, our, our lives are spent in the workplace. And so it's a huge chunk of our lives. And so if we're not showing up as our best self at work, it's going to spill into other areas of our lives. Um, you come home from a, a rough day at work and maybe, you know, it's something you did or didn't do is the issue. How does that affect your relationships when you walk in the door? Um, and so, and that's how, you know, right. You know, because again, that inner, that inner knowing that conscience will tell us, um, we're feeling sort of discontent personally and professionally, um, the Sunday blues, right. I've, I've talked to clients who, you know, it's Sunday and Sunday evening is this, as Sunday moves along, they're feeling really not wanting to go back to work. Um, why is that, you know, could be that the job isn't a good fit. That's another conversation, but, um, you know, that's a, 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 perhaps an indicator that you're not showing up as your best self at, at work, right? If you're not showing up as your best self at work, you're not feeling good about the work you're doing, you know, that's going to have a major effect. Um, are you the last one in and the first one out during the work day? Okay probably not showing up as your best self if you just, you know, make it in, you know, two minutes before you're supposed to, you know, log in for the day. Um, are you feeling, are you behind in your work because you're coasting? You're not, you're not, you know, con- contributing a hundred percent to the work you're supposed to be doing. Are you making yeah. excuses for projects that aren't done? You know, those are all indicators that you're not showing up as your best self. What are your thoughts, Judson? Well, um, I know that we have a lot to cover. Um, I wouldn't disagree with anything you said here. I think that, you know, there are some indicators here that we're talking about. But I think what I'd like to do uh, is go a little deeper and, and look at some of the reasons why we don't show up. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, so one of them is uh, that our value is defined by other people. It's that we're seeking acceptance um, 
from an approval from others rather than feeling intrinsically of value and, and having self-acceptance. If, if my value is all tied up in what you think of me or even worse, what I think you think of me, um, then, you know, that becomes a really, really slippery slope. Um, trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know, measuring m- my success, my, um, my value based on other people, you know, how other people are living their lives and feeling like I need to keep up. Um, not, cu- not cultivating a sense of self-love. Um, it, it, you know, in your notes, Jitsun, you said you can't give what you don't have. And I was reminded of one of my uh, mentors, uh, a writer by the name of Sark, um, Susan Ariel Rainbow Kennedy. Uh, she goes by the acronym Sark. She's written a number of books. And she talks about being a full cup of self-love and giving to others from the overflow. You know, and I think that's a lifelong journey, learning how to love ourselves so completely. Um, but, it's, but if we're not even broaching that subject, we won't ever achieve it. Um, you know, so one of the things, um, again, Sark talks about in her, she wrote a book called um, Succulent Wild Love, and she's talking about relationships. And she and her um, fiancé at the time wrote the book together. He ended up passing away before they were married, which was very sad. But one of the things that they had committed to in their, their relationship as a couple was to, uh, to attend to their own alignment first. And so if either one of them were, not, were feeling out of sorts, before they would come together and spend together, time together as a couple they would communicate, you know what, I'm feeling out of sorts. I'm not aligned. I need to go attend to this. Rather than sort of getting in the situation where I'm not feeling good about myself and what I'm, I'm going to pick a fight with you so, or blame you for what's not happening with me, right? And we do that in the workplace too, don't we, right? Yeah. I'm not performing well because of this coworker or m- my boss, you know? And so being self-aware enough to understand when it's us um, and cultivating self-love. Um, I think another thing is we can become too focused on the status quo. Um, this notion that things aren't the way I want them to be, um, but I'll just sort of, you know, one of your things in your notes, uh, Judson, was this too shall pass. You know, like, oh, I'll just kind of muddle along until things get better. Um, I don't know if that's what you you meant by, by that, but that's sort of um, how I took it. And sort of this lack of divine discontent. And so um, one of my uh, other mentors and coaches, Felicia Searcy, has said that the feeling of divine discontent is, a f- we have to pay attention to it. When we're feeling discontent, it's there's something in us that needs to shift. And it's our job to identify it and do what we need to do. Um, And so if we're not paying attention to that, that's the invitation to show up as your best self. So, you know, do you listen to it and do you do what it takes? And then lastly, I talk about being selfish or self-centered, not allowing space for new ideas, uh, not allowing space for other people, you know, being unable to collaborate because we always want to be driving the bus or, um, or just don't understand how um, to work with other people. And, uh, you know, and, um, we don't show up our best, as our best self oftentimes because we're alienating other people. Um, what are your thoughts, Judson? Well, um, you had a lot of good notes here, so chime in, please. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, I want to focus just for a moment here on the, on the selfish self-centeredness. Because I, what I find, and I've said this out loud before um, in, in conversations sometimes, oftentimes the, the, the conflict that we sometimes create or experience is due to selfish self-centeredness. You know? And then we would get into the ego if we wanted to get into that conversation. But I think that it's really hard to be happy, truly happy and content 
when it's all about us because things are not going to go well. They're not going to go the way we want them to oftentimes, maybe even usually. So for us to, to be thinking, well, I'm, you know, I'm not showing up well because, <clears throat> because it didn't go my way. Well, you could see the flaw in that logic mm-hmm. and, and how disastrous that could be moving down the line. If, if that's what it's going to take to make you happy and step up, it's never going to happen. So I think for me personally, you know, one of my lifelong learnings here is I do the very best I can to take my eyes off myself and, and help others. And for me, that shows up in the form of volunteerism. I do a fair amount of that. And, you know, every time, I mean, you and I have been involved with the job forum in San mm-hmm. Francisco, for example. Right, right. I know that there's been times that I'm, you know, coming to the end of my work day and I'm like, oh, now I have two more hours at the job forum. And that means I'm not going to get home till 930 tonight, you know. But every single time when I'm done with that two-hour session, I am so happy I did it. Because you see how it affects others. You can help other people in your life. And, and when you start helping others, you know, it, it takes our eyes off ourselves. And it allows us to, I think, contribute in the ways that we were designed to contribute for the helping of others. Right. I mean, I, I look at life, and this is a philosophical stance, but I, I think that a great reason why we're here on this earth is to help other people. Mm-hmm. And if we're not doing that, you know, we're coming up short if, if that's how you see life and coming up short is tough in that regard, because it really does matter. You know, we're all struggling uh, to get through this life and anything we can do to help alleviate some of the struggle, make life easier, simpler, whatever. I just think we're, we're hardwired to feel better about ourselves when we start doing those things. And this loops back into how do you feel about yourself, right? Because if it's all about me, well, you know, <laughs> that's a tough road. Well, a, a couple of ideas come to my, to my mind as you're talking about this, because I think this is an important thing really to focus on. First of all, I think the selfishness and the self-centeredness becomes um, deeply, deeply ingrained. And... I think it's hard to break out of, right? I mean, it becomes a pattern of, of showing up and always, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, of people I know or know of who have that sort of, you know, they're so driven by that ego. It's, it's insidious. And so being aware of it and breaking out of it is difficult, but it does, you know, um, it's so important to recognize it. And then the other thing, is I'm thinking about a documentary film I, I watched several times. In fact, I watched it twice in a row because it was so powerful and I wanted to take notes the second time. It's by Tom Shadiak and it's called I Am. And in, he's interviewing a lot of people, and, but one of the things that he um, discovers in these interviews is that uh, nature is, we, we sort of believe in this notion of survival of the fittest and competition and Darwin himself, you know, survival of the fittest was part of what Darwin wrote about, but it wasn't the, the, the major idea. It's the one that people remember and people kind of ran with it. But he did talk about that cooperation is really how we're, we're, we're programmed for cooperation more than competition. And what he realized was they, they slowed down video of like birds flying in a huge flock, you know, you see all the geese flying or fish swimming in the school. And what they realized was that all of the birds as they're flying are voting on where to go, how to, which direction to take. And it's a very subtle thing that they recognized. And then um, the same thing with schools of fish. And then they noticed that deer, um, deer are grazing in the field and they need to go to a watering hole. And so they, but they have to go at the right time because they need to make sure that everyone's, all of the, the deer in this, this pack have nourished themselves enough to make the journey. So they need to go at the right time, but they have to make sure they go so that um, 
they get there in time so nobody dehydrates, right? And what they realized was that when it was, that as each deer was ready to go, they would stand up and they would face their body in the direction of the watering hole. And as soon as 51% of the, of the herd were pointed to the water hole, they would go. You know, as soon as the majority, 51%. And so it's really interesting that in nature, we have this sort of sense of cooperation. And yeah. so, they're, so in the bird example, they're not just following the lead bird. They're all yeah. to the directional decision. Exactly. And the, the fish, too. You know, you see schools of fish and they're all swimming together. Somehow or another, they're voting with their fins or whatever <laughs> and deciding which way to go. I, and I was just blown away. And, and then one of the things that Tom Shadyak talks about, well, he also says in the, you know, um, talking about gazelles, um, or not gazelles, like um, the hyenas or the animals that will kill, or lions that kill the gazelles, right? Mm-hmm. They only kill one. They don't take the whole pack. They kill one. They only take as many resources as they need. And we as humans are the only species that consume more resources than we need. And then he talks about the body. When a cell in your body starts to consume more resources than it needs, we call that cancer. Mm. Right? And so I think the self-centeredness is so important. We don't show up as our best self. In fact, when we are self-centered, not cooperative, we are indeed a cancer, right? So do you want to be, yeah. Um, um, And then... Uh, do you have anything more to say that be- about that before we go on to the next kind of topic? No, this? no, I, I think that we covered it pretty well. There's a lot more maybe we could say, but I don't know that we need to say anymore. Yeah, yeah. Just and for I the think, sake of time, let's keep moving. Yeah, and so the last thing on this sort of uh, not showing up as our best self is about limiting beliefs. Uh, negative self-talk, being overly uh, focused on our perceived failures, being fearful of trying something new. Um, and I think, um, I think even self-centeredness is a limiting belief, right? We become self-centered or selfish because we think we need to c- c- uh, compete for attention. There's not enough to go around. And so um, as you're doing this self-exploration, be mindful of limiting beliefs. Right. Okay. Um, one, one thing I will add to that, I love quotes. Sure. And I believe it was Henry Ford who said, whether you think you can or you cannot, you're right. That was Henry Floyd. Yeah. Yep. And it's brilliant, right? Yeah. We are what true. we we are what we think we are. We are what right. we think we are. hundred percent. Okay, so let's talk about cultivating your best self. Um I think the first step of cultivating cultivating uh a good sense of self esteem or showing up as your best self is really to accept what is. Accept what is. In this moment, who are you right now? You might not be your best self right now. Just accept it. You know, being a place of, um, you know, practicing radical um, acceptance of yourself and of other people. And wherever you are right now um, in your life, maybe you're not showing up as your best self in a relationship. Maybe you're not showing up as your best self in wor- at work. Just take stock of that. Be aware of it and then embrace your ability to start over because we always have a chance to change. Um, get, in, get into integrity when you need to get into integrity. Um, own your own. Uh, my, my husband uh, used to work for a drug and alcohol uh, rehabilitation organization and that was one of the things they talked about um, is owning your own you know if you've messed up you own it you don't make excuses you don't try to blame somebody else you just own it it's hard to do but when we do it we feel really good right when you've messed up and you no and, and you let somebody know you, you feel better make amends if yeah. necessary um, be impeccable yeah, and I think you. what it- I'm, yeah, I'm go sorry, ahead. What I'm hearing you say, intrinsic in this, yes, accepting what is, but that doesn't mean just sitting back and wallowing in what is. It's 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 taking ownership of it, which really is empowering because 
you know, once you say, you know what, this is mine, I own it. Um, I guess I, I can't really explain why. Maybe you have some insights. Um, it's 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 awful when when bad things happen to good sentences, isn't it? <laughs> but whatever. Um, I just think that accepting what is is important as long as you continue to move forward. Right. You know, people say, you know, pray, and that's fine. Pray, but move your feet. Right. Right. You don't just do that. So as long as you keep moving forward. Um, you know, acknowledging what is, uh, especially if you can't change it, you know, um, that that's one thing. But many things we can change. Right. And, you know, this is this comes back to the serenity prayer. Many of us have heard about it. And, you know, it's everyone has their own interpretation of it and application to their life. But it's basically, you know, accepting what is and realizing what you can change or what you cannot change. And I, I heard once a variation of that. It said, accepting the things you cannot change and changing the things you cannot accept. And that's, that's really an interesting discernment issue. Right. Because, I mean, what can you change in this world? Very little. Right. I mean, the only thing that we really have control over is ourselves. Absolutely. And we know that. You know, you can't change, you know, your spouse. You can't change others, really. You may have an influence on them. But you're not going to change them. That's not our job. So, yeah. Well, here's what occurs to me. Um, first of all, in AA, they say the first step is admitting you have a problem. Right? So that's that level of acceptance, right? You know, and, and I right. think that goes with everything. You know, looking at, we're talking about career, but, you know, looking at where you're not showing up as your best self, the problems you might have at work. Maybe it's, you know, finances. You know, maybe it's, you know, do you really know where you are with your finances? Have you taken a really honest look at it where you need to make changes there? Um, I had a, you know, a friend who, um, uh, before I came out and was sort of working through this process of coming out, she said to me, secrets keep you sick. You know, and it's true. Those things that we're not owning keep us sick. And sometimes the only person to really be honest with is ourselves. But sometimes it's really a bigger picture of, of um, being honest with other people. And, um, but you're right. It's not about, okay, I'm just going to accept what is and I'm just going to stay here. We can change what we can change. And, the, and even if there are circumstances in our lives that we cannot change, we can always change our attitude about them. And that's important, right? I may not be able to change something about my current situation, you know, but I can change how I think about it. And that's huge. Well, it is huge. And I, I think that, you know, what we're shooting for is application in all these things we're talking about. And, and I guess, you know, one of the things that I have struggled with in life is, you know, with the attitude, how do you adjust it? How do you change it? I mean, because there's no light switch. You can say, okay, I don't like this. Click. Oh, now I'm okay with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, so, so how do you really do that? And I don't know that this is the right time or, or platform necessarily. Topically, it, it, it is. But how do you, you know, change that? <clears throat> and, you know, we've gone through life and, and we have, you know, happy hours is, is, referred to as an attitude adjustment and everything, you know, that's chemically induced, but how right. do you just on your own change your attitude, you know, because it's really changing how you see it mm -hmm. and how you think about it. And if this is so deeply ingrained, what do you do with that? How do you just, how do you reconcile what was to what is or could be? Yeah. In that regard. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Again, it's, I, don't, I don't know that we're going to come up with it. Well, I don't think answer. there's an easy answer. And, I, and I'll just have to be 100% honest. It's not something you can do on your own. And um, I think people have listened to this podcast and know enough, you know, if you've listened to it more times, you know that Justin and I both come from a spiritual place. And I think this is where the spirit comes in. This is when you ask the Holy Spirit, God, or whatever, however you frame that power to help you. You know, in AA, they talk about submitting to a power that's greater than yourself. 
And I think that's how you change your attitude about some of these things. It's a prayerful thing. It's a meditative thing. It's about saying, okay, I need help. Holy Spirit, help me see this the way you see it, or whatever you call that divine energy. Um, I think that's what you do. Yeah. And over time, and over time, it happens. Um, Yep. Yep. Okay. So we talked about self-discipline before. Um, I think that's one of the ways you cultivate um, this uh, best self is through self-discipline, which can be uh, a little bit um, uh, tricky, (laughs) you know? Um, I know in my life, I I just have started... um, on, on a diet because my doctor told me I'm pre-diabetic. And so I'm having to make some, some changes about how I eat. And I am not the most self-disciplined person in the world when it comes to that. I love food. Right. So, um, but there are things, you know, that's an important thing for me to do is to, to cultivate new habits and be conscious and mindful of it. I think so much comes down to being mindful about how you're going through, through the world and making choices when they come up. Um, so set good routines for productivity. Cultivate new habits. Um, in my notes, I put make your bed. Um, and I've, I've read that the most successful people make your bed. And it's funny. I was having a, a, just sort of a random conversation with somebody who's, who I lived near when I was living in the apartment complex. He lived there too. We were talking about making your bed. And he said, oh, I always make my bed. He said, because then I feel like I've accomplished something first thing in the morning. You know? I, no, absolutely. And I've heard that too. And I didn't used to do that. Um, but um, I, I have started to do that. And I guess, you know, if you become really successful, you can pay someone to make your own bed. <laughs> right, right. Well, my sister, my sister, uh, that was a task that was assigned to one of her children was to make their bed. Um, yeah, because it might. Does that count? I don't know if it counts. At least the bed's made. It's funny. I grew up in a household where making your bed was huge because my mother, um, my mother will not climb into an unmade bed. She will make the bed and then unmake it to sleep in it. That's just her thing. Yeah. Um, and so, so and so, I think the bigger, I think the bigger point, Jerome, you made earlier is you feel that you accomplished something exactly, and and it's visual because you can look at it, you know, stand at the door and say, "Look, I made it. It looks nice and neat." Okay, on to the next task. And I think that that it's a great way to start the day in terms of being productive, right? And and I think that's probably what what carries us into the day because it, it can set the tone. Right. It really can. And dressing for the day. You mentioned in your notes, dressing for the job that you want, right? I work from home, mm-hmm. you know, okay, this is going to be true confessions. Uh, there are mornings I wake up, I have my coffee and I get my work day done. And it's like an hour or two. And I realize I haven't even brushed my teeth this morning and then I have to go do it. Right. Because I just get into this habit of like, I'm not going anywhere. I can work in my pajamas, right? Do I do that? Yeah, sometimes. And that's one of the luxuries of working at home. But if that becomes a habit, I'm not showing up as my best self. You've talked about putting your shoes on, you know, like there's something about having your shoes on when you're doing a Zoom call with a, uh, in a job interview, like you feel like you're dressed. Those things, they're mental cues, matter. right? They matter, right? Exactly. You know, um, physical fitness, showing up as your best self. You know, first of all, exercise releases endorphins. Um, but the better we feel about our bodies, the better we show up in the world. And that doesn't mean we're all going to run a marathon. Um, certainly, I'm not. I only run if somebody's chasing me. Um, but, um, uh, you know, there's something to be said about moving our bodies, you know, taking care of this vehicle that our spirit lives in, right. Uh, honoring it, um, eating. And I think that ties food. into our self-discipline too, right? right? Because, you know, you, you set a regiment of, you know, working out and if you miss a day, you're like, Oh, I don't feel so good about myself, but like I said earlier about the job forum, you know, how many times after you're done working out, whatever it consists of, do you say, gee, I wish I hadn't done that. 
right. every time we're like this i feel so good i'm so glad i did right. that not only right. do you feel good physically but you know emotionally and that's kind of our next point here is the emotional fitness right um you know and all, so all these things are tied together everything relates to everything else not saying anything new here but i think the realization and to use your word mindfulness of this um, really helps us see it in a new way. And this may contribute to that attitude adjustment too. Right. So maybe this is part of that process. And these are all things we can control, right? We, you know, things happen in our work life that we're not able to control. You know, the boss makes a decision that we don't believe, you know, that we don't agree with, but we have to go along with it, you know. But if, and if we're not our best self, that's going to affect us differently than if we are, really a well-rounded person who's taking care of all of the things they, they need to take care of. Um, yep. If that makes sense. And, and I'm thinking, you know, as we're talking about these things, I'm, th- I'm thinking about articles I've read about, you know, the most successful CEOs, you know, in the, in the country are, you know, people who are very successful. And if you've, you know, now we have Instagram and different things and we can follow these people and we know what they do. Most successful CEOs, if not all, have certain things in common. Um, they have goals that they've defined, they've written them down. You know, that's sort of the emotional fitness, that's sort of, you know, having a plan. Almost all of them have a spiritual practice of some sort, whether it's meditation, whether it's journaling, uh, you know, whatever it happens to be. They have a mindfulness practice or a spiritual practice of some sort. Without fail, they're all doing things like working out every day, right? They're all reading, you know, books, good books and learning new things. Um, And so we can sort of start to pattern our lives after these, um, these very successful people, you know, are you, and, and in fact, I use the Franklin Covey planner. And I think we might have talked about this in a past podcast. Um, And at the, each week you plan your week and you sort of plan based on your roles, but they, they talk about sharpening the saw. That's the sort of the, um, the thing you do every week is sharpening the saw, being your best self. And there are four categories. Uh, one is um, physical. So what am I going to do this week? That's something physical. What is something that's social and emotional? How am I going to connect with other people? Then there's mental what am I going to do that's learning something new? And then the last one is spiritual. What am I going to do to connect with my spirit? And every week you, you look at those four things um, and that's self-discipline to enact those things. You know, so some of the things that you mentioned in your notes, Judson, were taking classes, you know, learning something new, whether that's to improve your skills in the workplace, you know, like t- being mindful. What are those gaps in my skills that I have? You know, I hate doing PowerPoint presentations because I'm, I'm not good at PowerPoint or I, you know, I'm supposed to write this newsletter every, um, every month and I don't have great writing skills. How can I improve those things? Um, you know, what, I'm sorry, Justin, I can't hear you now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I was muted. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know that's just an example you gave of not having good writing skills, but I, I know that you do. You've written many a resume. So <laughs> right. Let's not misinterpret that as just downplay yeah. your skill set. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. But yeah. So, but uh, the point is, you know, looking at your skills and what can I do to improve those things? Or maybe it's, you have an interest in something and I you know, how many of us, as we grow up into adulthood, I'm somebody who refuses to grow up because I, I will always be very childlike, but we have an interest and we don't pursue it because we think we're, you know, oh, I'm an adult, it's too late, you know? And I think there's something to be said about showing up as our best self is allowing ourselves to do the things that are interesting. Like if you want to learn to cook, Go take a cooking class, right? One of the things that I did when I finished graduate school is I took adult beginning ballet in San Francisco because it was something I'd always wanted to do. Being a boy growing up in South Dakota, not going to take ballet. Here I'm in San Francisco, adult beginning ballet classes. 
I took them. It was so much fun. I was not very good. I quit when we got to pirouettes because I couldn't, I couldn't make myself spin. But, um, but there's something about that, you know, taking a class. You mentioned volunteering, you know, cultivating your best self by finding ways to give, to give to the, uh, the community, to organizations that you have an affinity for. Um, yeah. Any anything else, Judson? I mean, there's so uh, much not, to talk no. about here. Yeah, there there really is, and and I'm so glad that we had this time uh, to explore some of these. And I'm I'm hoping that you know that that y'all took good notes here, and it will allow you to pursue some of these topics further and deeper on your own. But mm-hmm. I just think that you know a lot of what we talked about is how we feel about ourselves, <clears throat> and you know we need to like ourselves. And we need to love ourselves in a balanced way. And I think that that's a critical definition in a balanced way. But I think when we feel good about ourselves for whatever reason or reasons, because there's a number of contributing factors here, we do better. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, when we do better, everybody benefits. I mean, if everybody did better, we would all be better off. Right. And so I'm, I'm thankful for, you know, our podcast today because of the research that I did and my eyes were opened and, and sometimes just reminded of some of these basic principles of life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that we will, um, we will have touched, you know, uh, touched you in a way that will open your eyes and, and allow you to really become your best self. And again, as I said earlier, this is not a one-time thing. You never arrive. It's an ongoing process, and we're always trying to become better. Right. So my encouragement to all of our listeners are to really ask some of these questions that we've been talking about here and see how does this show up in your life and what right. can you do to become right. a better self. Absolutely. And, and I just want to touch on one thing that you said Um that I think is important. We're talking about the purpose, you know, self-love, loving ourselves and loving ourselves in a balanced way. I've often heard people say, you can't love other people until you love yourself. I want to say it's not an either or proposition. It's a both and, and you have to practice both at the same time. You can't just focus on yourself and then get to other people later. We love ourselves best by loving other people. So both we're working on both at the same time. It's not first this, then this, you know, something else. Um, and it is an ongoing process. And that's what life is about. That's the purpose of life is to show up, to learn to be our best selves, to encourage others to be their best selves. And even though we'll never arrive, the process is so much fun. It is such a beautiful process. And that's, and that's really what we're talking about. And, and it's across, it's everything, right? Showing up my, as my best self in life means I'll show up as my best self um, at work. It means I'll show up at my best self as my best self in my relationships. And it means I'll show up as my best self in that crazy line at the DMV. Right? <laughs> because we have a good sense of who we are. And um, so, yeah, this is, you know, it's so valuable to do podcasts like this because it really does, like you were saying. It forces us to sort of step back and say, okay, am I, am I really doing this? You know, am I practicing what I preach? <laughs> you know? Right. Right. So. Absolutely. And it's a critical component to it all. So yeah. we're doing what we can to yeah. do what we say. It, exactly. Uh, so do you want to um, just kind of preview what we're going to be talking about in our next session? Uh, yeah, if I have it. Do you have it in front of you? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, okay, I do. Here it is. That's why I'm trying to stall uh, yeah. a little bit here for Okay, us. <laughs> I just found it. I found it in my Franklin Covey planner. Nice. <laughs> so okay. uh, the sec- our next podcast um, is about um, internal networking uh, within your company. So... Um, and I think it's a nice sort of outgrowth of this, right? You show up as your best self, and now you're going to be able to engage 
meaningfully with the, the, your coworkers and sort of developing those relationships in the workplace, which makes yeah. your work life so much more fun. Um, and it's really a value. So we're going to talk about how to, to network within your company and how to seek out mentorship, uh, professional mentorship, because I think that's important. It's also important personally, too. Um, it is. It is, no doubt. And as you listeners probably are noticing here, season one is really focused more on people who are maybe unemployed or underemployed who are going through the job search process. Season two is really shifting the focus a little more to people who are currently employed and who are looking to just up level to use our term. Right. Right. That's what we're trying to do. And so this season, um, you will notice the, the pattern of what can you do to up your game for those who are currently employed. So even if you're not employed, this will apply when you do land and you will. And it also applies, as we found in this podcast, with just life in general. So even this internal networking and finding a mentorship, even if you're not employed currently, you can apply it to your general life. And, no um, no and, and what I think I have found as a, as a career coach, and you've probably found it too in your career coaching practice, Judson, none of us live in a vacuum. And as we're talking about what makes you successful in your career, it spills over into what makes you successful in life. And when you're talking about managing relationships in the workplace, it's managing personal relationships. You know, yep. it's a really holistic approach. And I'm really glad that we're sort of in this place in this, this season. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate your being with us uh, for this time. Please um, share this podcast with people you know. Uh, we're trying to build our listenership. Uh, we would love for this to uh, really um, grow because this is our contribution to the, the world. And so we're trying to make a difference in the world in some way. And so by, by getting the word out there, you're helping us do that. If you have found this podcast of value, please review it in whatever platform you're listening to, uh, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, wherever you're finding us. Please share it, share it on LinkedIn, share it on Facebook, you know, help us get the word out. If you want to contact me, um, I am a resume writer. So if you're needing help with your resume, uh, you know, even if you want a, an extra set of eyes on, on your resume, just to give you some feedback, I'm always happy to do that. Um, I'm not super pushy about sell, selling my services. If that's of interest, you can certainly contact me for that. My website is theresumeshopinc.com. Inc is I-N-K. And you can email me at resumeshopinc at gmail.com. So I'm your go-to for resume writing. And uh, Judson, will you tell them about your career coaching practice? Um, Absolutely. Thank you, Jerome. Um, I have been career coaching for 10 plus, well, almost 12 years now. And my focus typically has been people who are in job transition. And if you find yourself unemployed or maybe even underemployed, but unemployed perhaps because of COVID or for any reason, um, helping people through transition is what I specialize in. And I can be reached at Judson, J-U-D-S-O-N at careerpathstrategies.com. We're so glad that you're able to join us today here. As Jerome had mentioned, please share this with your friends here. We're doing what we can to share our knowledge to make this a better place for all of us. Yes. We thank you so much. And we look forward to um, the next session here. I'm looking forward to it uh, as well, Jerome. It's always a pleasure to, to be with you here and to share some of these ideas. You I too. really appreciate you. Yeah. And before we go, Justin, I just want to, you, you made a comment that I'm a great writer and, um, and I appreciate that because I do a lot of resume writing. I want to say for you, Judson, that, um, and anyone who is interested in working with Judson, Judson is an amazing connector. He is the master networker. He uh, knows how to leverage information um, to help people in their careers. He did that when he was working for the San Francisco Business Times. So, um, you know, uh, paying back the, <laughs> the nice compliment you gave me. Um, Judson is really good at what he does as well. So, um, thank you, and thank it's you my all. pleasure really to share this podcast with you. So we thank you so much for listening. Go out today and do something uh, that will help you show up as your best self. 
Thanks so much. Bye, everybody. <laughs>